Good evening. We'll turn to the book of Exodus for our text. Exodus chapter 3. While you're turning to that, uh, thank you for welcoming our family to Portland. We're glad to be here once again with our friends. Uh, Greetings from Dallas. Uh, We keep you in our prayers, and we hope that you keep us in your prayers as well. Exodus chapter 3, we'll read verses 11 through 14. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Uh, Moses asked an interesting question. Uh, he, he said, who am I? Uh, I don't think we're stranger to that question in the sense that if someone came up to me and said, who are you? I'd give them my name. Uh, if it was in a professional capacity, I might give them my title and probably even hand them a card. Uh, but there's more to each of us than just wrapped up in a name, isn't there? Uh, I, I know this is true because I have met myself. I don't know if you've ever met yourself. One day I was sitting at work uh, in Dallas. This was a number of years ago. And uh, one of the engineers came in and said, uh, Tony Boyce, right? And I said, yes. He said, well, meet Tony Boyce. And in walks a rep from another chemical company. And so we exchanged cards and said hi to each other. I even know that there's another Reverend Tony Boyce uh, on the other side of the uh, continent. Uh, So what's in a name? Uh, That's not who I am for sure, and and you're not who you are just based on your name. There's so many more things that go into that. Uh, But Moses, and we know this, Moses was not uh, responding because he wanted to tell who he was. He he was incredulous. Who am I? Who am I that, that... that I should do these things that you're asking of me. Uh, what what great thing have I done? Uh, what in my past have I done to to even give any kind of inkling that that I'm worthy or or capable of doing such a thing? Uh, back uh, when I think I've gone to one of my high school reunions. I'm sure there have been others, but that's all right. They can do them without me. Uh, but I, I remember there were some different things available on a website uh, in which, uh, you know, you could go and get pictures and different things. And I continue to get emails from this website. One of these days I'll just, you know, hit unsubscribe or something. But I continue to get emails, and they're, they're obscure emails, you know, like, uh, guess who this is and all sorts of things about, you know, high school and, and all of that. Uh, you know, somebody should tell this company that life starts at high, after high school. So, but that's just kind of the way things are. But but it's all about, you know, who, who have these people become? And I, I remember uh, when I went to my class reunion that uh, I went to the family uh, uh, featured event. I don't know if your high school is like this, but um, there really weren't any events that I wanted to go to except for one that happened to be a, an afternoon, and we sat down for lunch, and 
And I got to talking with one of my classmates who I thought was, well, I thought he wasn't going to amount to anything. In fact, I, I thought he had a good chance of, of uh, being homeless somewhere. Uh, but it turned out he'd gone into the military. Uh, he, he'd uh, done that for a number of years. Uh, he'd gotten out of the military. He started his own business, and here he was happily married. He had a couple of kids, and he was doing great. In fact, he was one of the few that actually showed up to the family event, which also tells me a lot about him. You never really know who people are. Uh, well, this exchange between Moses and the Lord is really an exchange of them telling each other who they are. Uh, Moses uh, continues to tell God just how unworthy and how uh, un, uh, well unacceptable he is for the job associated. So he continues to focus on, uh, who am I? You know, that really is a good attitude to have. Who am I? Who, who am I that I should bring anything to the table? Who am I that I should be uh, able to receive the blessing of God? And I, I think any of us can feel that way. Who, who am I that I should be able to, to be in even the presence of the Holy Spirit? It's, it's good to, to be meek. In fact, it says in Numbers that Moses was the meekest of his generation. You couldn't find another one meeker than him in his day. Uh, he, he, he wanted to, to, to follow the Lord and he wanted to do what was right and he, he came humbly before God. That's the way to do it. We, we, we know from examples in the Word of God that, that if you come with a, a, a pride or a haughty spirit, you, you, you're gonna fall. It's just the way it is. Uh, time and time again, even uh, in Moses' day, Pharaoh, uh, God condemned Pharaoh for his pride. And we see that, that Pharaoh met a, a horrible end. Because his pride, it got in the way. And so uh, coming to God humbly is, is certainly the right approach. Uh, Moses had it figured out on that. We, we read already that he, he, he threw off his shoes and he, he fell before the Lord when he realized it was the Lord talking to him. I'm sure that this isn't new to you. We just had the Sunday school lesson and talked about this. But, but pride is, is one of those things that can kind of be sneaky. Uh, Korah is an example. You know, he, he probably thought that he was uh, doing the right thing, but, he, but he, he was full of pride and thought that he could usurp Moses. Well, the ground opened up and swallowed him. We don't want to be in that camp. But like I said, it can be sneaky. I heard a, an account from an older minister who's passed away now, but he told about a, an account where there was a man who was telling about how the people shouldn't wear tie clips. I don't happen to wear them just because they get in my way, but... But people shouldn't wear tie clips because they're, you know, they're, they're, you know, fancy and they're all that kind of stuff. He says, I, I get by with just this one, uh, um, what was it? It was a clothespin or something like that. Well, it wasn't a clothespin. It was a safety pin. You know, what's interesting about that is that in that story, the one who was prideful wasn't the guy wearing the tie clip. The one who was prideful was the guy that was showing off his safety pin. See, I do everything all right. You know, everything's good. Pride can be sneaky. It can be clothed in humility. We want to be really careful that we don't let pride in, that we don't let those things uh, usurp that, that place. And so Moses had it right when he approached the Lord. He, he came humbly and meekly. But you know, Moses gives us another instance here that is really good for us to learn from. We see as, as Moses kept trying to convince God of who he was, we see that God kept trying to convince Moses of who he was. 
Time and time again, Moses would say something about how I'm not good at this. I can't do this. And God would say, but I'm God. I mean, that's not what he said, but that's what he said. And so over and over again, and we see that finally in chapter 4, that it angered the Lord. You see, somewhere in there, Moses had let this meekness become an excuse to not go and do what the Lord had asked him to do. You know, that's a tricky spot to be in. And please, don't get me wrong, I'm not putting any shade on Moses. I, 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 I'm not sure how I would have reacted in his place. Actually, I, I'm pretty sure I probably reacted the same way. But we don't want to let those things get in the way. We don't want to let those those things become excuses that get in the way of God wanting to do His work through us. You see, Moses, God had a plan for Moses. And it didn't depend on Moses. I'm going to say that again. God had a plan for Moses and it didn't depend on Moses. Do you understand the, the value in what we're talking about here that that Moses wasn't the key piece of the deliverance of the children of Israel. Moses was just a, 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 a tool that God used in order to be a figurehead to make sure the thing moved in the right direction. God used Moses, but it was God that brought the deliverance. And so here we have this account. Uh, Moses will say something. Who am I? And God says, well, who am I? I'm God. I, I'm the one that, that created all things. I'm the one that, that, that spoke and the worlds came into existence. I'm the one that created you. I'm the one that saw you in your mother's womb. I'm the one who made your mouth. That he did say. I, I am God. I am everything. I am. You see, it's wrapped up right there. So Moses... Moses ended up getting Aaron for help. And I think if you read the account, you wonder if Aaron was all that much of a help. You know, because we have a situation here in which God was angered, but but he relented. He gave Moses, I don't know if you want to consider Aaron like a security blanket in a sense. I think sometimes we all need some kind of security. But but here he gave him Aaron. And Aaron, poor Aaron. Uh, well, Aaron... Uh, listened to the people, and he led them into worship of a golden calf. His children brought strange fire before the Lord. Aaron had his own problems. You see, what God was trying to teach Moses, and what God would say to us now, is that He is. He, he is everything. He is what we need. He, he, he's even more than that. I, I thought about this. You know, when the when the Lord asks something of us, uh, the Lord is not unprepared to fulfill that in our life. Have you ever thought about that? Uh, you know, sometimes I have a few people that work for me, and sometimes I'll give them a task, and and I'm really giving them a task so that they'll go be busy and not bother me while I get something else done. You ever done that? Maybe you've done that with your kids. But sometimes that's just the way it is, right? You know, there's pressures, there's things that come on, so I'll, I'll give them something to do. I'm not really prepared to support them in that thing, but I'll give them something to do so they can at least start in a direction, and then later I'll collect myself and take care of it. God never does that. 
God is prepared from the moment he says, do this, to support every act, uh, part of that. He is. He is God. You know, what, what more could we ask? And sure, we, we come to God and say, who am I? And that is a good thing to say. Who am I? I bring nothing. There is nothing I bring to this, uh, this interaction here. There is nothing in my past. There is nothing that I have done. There is nothing I am going to do in the future that is going to earn me some spot or get me some kind of recognition because I did it. Uh, Moses, I think, learned that over time. There's nothing that you and I can do. There's no uh, very, uh, there's no uh, ultimate righteous person here on earth that of their own accord brings something to God that he can use. It just doesn't happen. Uh, Certainly we we see that Adam and Eve sinned. They were cast out of the garden. We, We don't see that somehow Adam got to see God face to face after that. Uh, time and time again, we, we read that, that, that no one could stand in the presence of God. The closest was Moses, in the sense that he said he spoke to Moses face to face as if he was a friend. But no one brings of their own accord, none of us do, bring anything to God that he didn't already give us. So it's good for us to come before the Lord in humility. Uh, we read in Isaiah... You see, Isaiah got this figured out. Well, first we'll read in Isaiah 57, 15. I'm sure you can quote it with me. It says, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. That's where I want to be. Don't you? Don't you want to be in that place where you're dwelling with the high and lofty one who inhabited eternity? I mean, what better place could there be? What better place could there be than being close, as close to God as you can get? So coming to God humbly is a prerequisite. But let's not stop uh, and just say that, Lord, you, you, you can't do anything. I'm going to come humbly, but, but you can't do anything through me. In Isaiah chapter 6, in verses, let's see if I can read my notes. Isaiah chapter 6, we'll read verse 5. It says, Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Here he is coming humbly. And as we continue to read, then flew one of the seraphims unto him, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon uh, my mouth and, and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and, hath, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, who shall I, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Oh, what a change! You see, Isaiah comes humbly like he's supposed to. Uh, But then when God asks, who will step in the gap? Who will go for me? Who will do my will? Isaiah raises his hand and says, it's me. I'll do it. I'll go. Oh, he had it figured out. He understood. what What is God hindered by except our own unwillingness? 
What, what holds God back except our own unwillingness? Nothing holds God back. And I would even say that even our own unwillingness, He'll just find someone else and get the job done. Oh, but we want to be in that place to be used. We want to be in that place where we can be close to God, to feel His presence. Time again, I, I, you know, we look back and we, we think of the times when the, the Holy Spirit has come down and met with us here and, and touched those and given them a new purpose, has given them a new direction, given them a strength and encouragement. Uh, you know, God is still the same today and He wants to do it again tonight. And that's the, the beauty of all of this. And He's just looking for those who say, okay, I'll go. Send me. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, tells us here, it says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. You know, when I was a young Christian, I thought, now that's just a strange thing. Uh, because uh, how, do you, how do you have confidence and be meek at the same time? I always thought those were opposed to each other. Well, it's not asking us to have confidence in ourselves. Uh, you can't be meek and, and suddenly be overconfident in yourself. It's asking us to have confidence in whom? In God. For it hath great recompense of reward. Uh, God is just looking for opportunities. God is looking for the one who will say, I'll go. Lord, you know. I'm reminded of Ezekiel's response when the Lord asked him, Can these dry bones live? Ezekiel didn't try to figure it out. He just said, Lord, you know. I, I don't know. I don't have it figured out. And I, and I don't. We don't. We don't have it figured out. But we know the one who does. That's the beauty of the gospel. Oh, the Lord tells us to draw near that we may be close to him. In chapter uh, 10, uh, pardon me, Hebrews 10, 22. He tells us, he says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Who am I? Who are you? If you've been saved, if you have given your life to Jesus Christ, then you are a child of the King. You are an heir uh, to heaven. You are joint heirs with Christ. Uh, why would you hold back? Uh, why would you sit and cower? Why would you be afraid of doing what the Lord asked you to do? Uh, you are uh, an heir uh, to heaven. And God wants to fill you and give you the tools necessary in order to go and do what He asked you to do. And it might be leading a nation like Moses did. Or it just might be leading your neighbor in a prayer of salvation. It might be uh, talking to a clerk at the grocery store it might be being that witness at work in which people know that you have been in the presence of Christ. Don't be afraid. Don't use meekness as, as an excuse. Have confidence in God. Come humbly and with reverence, but with confidence that God will work out the details. Well, God has something for you tonight. He wants to fill you. You see, Isaiah, he said that that coal came and touched his lips. If you're saved, the Lord wants to sanctify you. 
You see, it's the sanctified, the example we give uh, there, or we see in the, in the tabernacle of those uh, priests, they were sanctified for the Lord's use. God wants you to be sanctified for His use. He wants you to be available uh, for His work wherever you may go. But beyond that, the Lord wants to fill you too with the Holy Spirit so that you can have the power and the confidence to go forth with boldness and preach the gospel everywhere you go. Whether it's in your actions or your words, nonetheless, let the Lord fill you tonight. God wants to do it. The altars of prayer are open and the song is 489. Come out and seek the Lord.